Soundprints Audio Magazine, a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind. Soundprints is underwritten by the American Printing House for the Blind and the Louisville Downtown Lions Club. I'm Carla Rushevel. I'm your host for this week's magazine. Welcome to Soundprints for the week of February 12, 2023. The 2023 American Council of the Blind President's Meeting and Legislative Training will be virtual on Zoom and ACB Media from Saturday, March 4 through Tuesday, March 7. This important opportunity will help us all to learn more about ACB and how we can work together on issues that can help people who are blind or who have vision loss. Programs will be broadcast on ACB Media. Listen on Alexa or your Victor Stream or register and get in on the discussion on Zoom from any computer, cell phone, or landline phone. Registration for this event is now open. KCB will pay the $25 registration fee for all of our members who want to participate. Take advantage of this opportunity by calling the KCB office at 502-895-4598 no later than Friday, February 17. If you are not already a KCB member, you may pay your KCB dues at the same time. It's just $8 for 2023 or $40 for a life membership. Caution! If you are registering for the training through KCB, do not also register directly with ACB. If you plan to attend the training, but you do not, wish to participate as a KCB member, contact ACB directly at 612-332-3242 or visit the ACB website at www.acb.org for more information. This is a reminder that we still have a few large print calendars that are available free upon request. If you would like one of these 11 by 17 inch calendars that have bold numbers and plenty of room for writing appointments and notes, give us a call at 502-895-4598. Calendars are provided through the generosity of the Louisville Downtown Lions Club and are the same ones that are also available from the Office of Vocational Rehabilitation Independent Living Program. It's membership certification time in ACB, and that means that each ACB affiliate will be submitting all of its members, along with their correct contact information, to ACB in mid-March. If you have changed your address, phone number, or email, please be sure and let us know before March 15. If you are not a member of KCB, we invite you to join either directly or through one of our nine chapters. KCB dues are $8 for one year or $40 for a life membership. Most of our chapters have additional dues as well. For more information on how you can become a member of KCB, 
give us a call at 502-895-4598. The Support Alliance of the Visually Impaired, SAVVY, in Owensboro will hold its monthly meeting on the second Tuesday of each month. Meetings are from 1 to 3 p.m. Central Time, that's 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern. The meetings are in person at the Wesleyan Heights United Methodist Church on Sherm Road in Owensboro. If you can't make it to the meeting in person, you can join in on Zoom. The Zoom number is 669-900-6833. The code is 862-9889-6971. That's the KCB Zoom line, and it's also used for other Zoom calls in this message. The Greater Louisville Council of the Blind invites everyone to come play bingo with us on Friday, February 17. This is a hybrid roundabout, so you can begin arriving at United Crescent Hill Ministries, 150 South State Street in Louisville, around 4 p.m. Dinner will be at 5, the bargain table is at 6, and there will be bingo, both in person and on the KCB Zoom line, from 7 to 9. In-person attendees should make return rides around 9 p.m. Remember that dinner is $6 per person. Call ahead to let us know if you would like a carryout to take home. Also, if you have questions or need help with using your iPhone for a particular task or with an app, please let us know so we can be prepared to work with you individually. You can reach us by calling KCB at 502-895-4598. The roundabout on the fourth Friday is usually page-turners, but this month Paul Edwards and Brian Charlson will be leading a discussion on artificial intelligence and the impact that it has had and will have on our lives in the past and the future. This will be a virtual roundabout from 7 to 9 p.m. February 24 on the KCB Zoom line. Tri-State Library Users, the Kentucky chapter of the Library Users of America, is reading Snowblind, the Dark Iceland series, Book 1, by Jonathan Ragnar. It's DB109348 and on Bookshare. The Tri-State meeting for February is on Saturday, February 18 at 11 a.m. Eastern. All are welcome, no matter where you live. The dial-in number is the KCB Zoom line, 669-900-6833, and the code is 862-9889-6971. On page two this week are two articles from News Magazine, which is published by the National Library Service for the Blind and Print Handicapped which is published by the National Library Service for the Blind and Print Disabled. The first article spotlights the music section at NLS, which contains Braille, large print, and audio materials. The music section is celebrating 60 years of serving the blind and visually impaired. The second article reviews NLS accomplishments in 2022. Check it out! you might not realize how much growth 
was happening in the library system last year. Two ACB affiliates, the Library Users of America and the Braille Revival League, BRL, are in the spotlight on page 3. You'll find sample articles from the Lua Ledger, published by the Library Users of America, and the BRL Memorandum, published by the Braille Revival League, plus information on how to become part of these active ACB special interest groups. Listen to Soundprints each week on ACB Media One, the mainstream channel. Our broadcast times are Sunday at 8 p.m., Monday at 8 a.m., Tuesday at 6 a.m. and 6 p.m., Wednesday at 4 a.m. and 4 p.m., Thursday at 10 p.m., and Friday at 1 a.m., 10 a.m., and 1 p.m. Listen on your Victor Stream or on the KCB website at www.kentucky-acb.org. Listen anytime, 24 hours a day, on the KCB Information Line by calling 773-572-6318. Please note that if you are listening to Soundprints on the podcast or if you normally listen to Soundprints and are having trouble receiving the podcast, please let us know by calling 502-895-4598. We are moving our website and we need to hear from you if you are having trouble receiving sound prints or any other information from the website. Page 2. Information from the Library. News is a small magazine published four times a year by the National Library Service for the Blind and Print Disabled. The October-December 2022 News Magazine Volume 54, Number 4, has a couple of articles that we thought a number of you would find interesting. The first is The NLS Music Section Turns 60 by Katie Rada. In March of 2021, the Library of Congress hosted 19-year-old jazz pianist and NLS music patron Matthew Whitaker for a virtual concert and conversation with then-NLS director Karen Kenninger. Whitaker, who's been described as the very essence of a musical prodigy, told Kenninger, I'm glad that you guys are always finding ways for us as blind individuals to have access to Braille music scores. Everybody should have a way of accessing music, whether visually impaired or not. From its inception through today, the NLS Music Section has strived to provide blind, visually impaired, and print-disabled individuals access to music. The Music Section was officially founded 60 years ago. In 1962, when the 1931 law establishing NLS was expanded to include the loan of Braille music materials. In fact, though, there had been Braille music materials in the Library of Congress's reading room for the blind since 1897. However, the 1962 change allowed NLS patrons to receive Braille music materials through the mail, just like they received their Braille and talking books. A few years later, the music section also began 
circulating audio instructional materials, and large print scores. Through the years, NLS has acquired Braille music scores from the United States and all over the globe, including the United Kingdom, Italy, Germany, Poland, Denmark, France, Canada, South Korea, and many other countries. Today, NLS boasts more than 22,000 unique Braille music transcriptions, the largest collection of its sort in the world. And the number grows every year. In fiscal year 2022, the music section added 450 new Braille titles to its collection, many of which were acquired from other countries as a result of the Marrakesh Treaty, which facilitates the international exchange of accessible materials. In addition to adding new Braille titles, the music section is digitizing its Braille collection with the goal of making it fully available on BARD, the NLS Braille and Audio Reading Download website. In fiscal year 2022, the music section digitized more than 250 Braille titles, pushing the number of digitized Braille scores to around 5,500. The music section regularly adds materials to its large print and audio collections too. In 2020, it came to an agreement with other divisions at the Library of Congress, including the Music Division, the American Folklife Center, the Hispanic Division, and others to convert lectures, concerts, and other presentations about music into accessible materials for the collection. The music section also continues to add Smithsonian Folkways audio titles, narrating the liner notes that accompany the globe-spanning music on these recordings. Today, the audio collection has nearly 3,500 titles and the large print collection has nearly 900. Through the years, the music section has become an indispensable part of many NLS patrons' lives. Its patron base consists of professional and amateur musicians, music teachers, music appreciators, and music students. Due to the prohibitive cost of the majority of the materials in the collection, NLS's free loan of these materials is of the utmost importance to its patrons. The music section does much more than provide accessible music materials. In 2014, the NLS Music Notes blog at http colon slash slash blogs blogs dot loc dot gov slash nls dash music dash notes began. This weekly blog highlights materials from the collection, blind and sighted musicians and composers, and other topics of interest. Next year, the music section will premiere a talking blog with recordings of some of the posts 
from the Music Notes blog. These recordings will be available on the NLS website to all who listen to and enjoy. The music section also hosts concerts at the Library of Congress that showcase musicians who are NLS patrons. The 2021 virtual concert with Matthew Whitaker had nearly 7,000 views on the Library of Congress's YouTube channel in just its first 30 days. In past years, the music section has hosted jazz pianist Jose Andre Montaberno in 2019, Justin Coughlin in 2014, and Bess Bonnier in 2006. Each of these musicians has used the NLS music collection throughout their careers. What lies ahead for the music section? For one thing, section head Juliette Apold, A-P-P-O-L-D, says, We are hoping to increase our Braille scanning capability by implementing new 3D scanning technology. This collaboration with the Digitization Services section at the Library of Congress was on hold for a few years due to the pandemic. But now that everyone is back in the office, we are resuming work on this project and hope to have a prototype ready sometime in 2023. The music section is also looking forward to more direct patron outreach, taking advantage of the virtual conference software that everyone is now more familiar with. And as always, the music section looks forward to expanding its collection and making more music materials available to its patrons. Our greatest accomplishment, Appold says, is when we see our patrons enjoying making music and sharing that music with the world. Another article in News is entitled From the Director, Celebrating a Year of Achievement by Jason Broughton. In the July-September issue of News, I shared some of NLS's goals for the 2023 federal fiscal year, which began October 1. Today, I'd like to recap a few highlights from the past fiscal year. Collection Development NLS added 8,856 talking books and 478 braille books to its collection in FY 2022. Since the program began back in 1931, NLS has referred to its audiobooks as talking books. Our talking books have more navigational features than commercial audiobooks and, to comply with copyright law, are encrypted so they can only be played to NLS-authorized equipment. That includes 1,355 books of regional interest produced by NLS network libraries that met our strict quality and standards and were added to the National Collection. Marrakesh Treaty Implementation More than 90 countries, including the United States, have ratified the Marrakesh Treaty to facilitate access to published works for persons who are blind, visually impaired, 
or otherwise print disabled, which makes it easier to share accessible materials across national borders. In FY 2022, NLS acquired 2,250 works from its Marrakesh Treaty partners, 1,375 audiobooks, 567 Braille books, and 308 Braille music scores in 14 languages. Works acquired under the treaty were downloaded from BARD nearly 37,000 times in FY22. On the other side of the exchange, the World Intellectual Property Organization's Accessible Books Consortium now has more than 150,000 books that were originally produced by NLS or its network libraries. Those books were downloaded 1,642 times in FY22 by readers in 35 countries. Programs, awards, and special events. More than 400 network library staff members attended NLS Biennial National Conference, which was held virtually May 17 to 19. Featured speakers included social media star Molly Burke and disability rights activist Judith Human. Librarian of Congress Carla Hayden joined the conference by pre-recorded video to honor the Network Library of the Year winners for 2022, the Washington Talking Book and Braille Library in Seattle, and the Pinellas Talking Book Library in Clearwater, Florida. Longtime NLS staff member Judy Dixon received the American Foundation for the Blind's prestigious Miguel Medal. NLS and the National Audiovisual Conservation Center presented a day-long symposium on the past, present, and future of audiobooks that included readings by a panel of NLS narrators. NLS resumed in-person outreach with booths at four national conventions and participated in events during the American Library Association's annual conference in Washington, D.C., and the Library of Congress's National Book Festival. Department of Veterans Affairs staff members from around the country toured NLS while in Washington for the Blinded Veterans Association National Convention. And U.S. Representative Sharice Davids of Kansas visited NLS to narrate her children's book, Sharice's Big Voice, A Native Kid Becomes a Congresswoman, in our studio. Duplication on Demand NLS continued its rollout of Duplication on Demand, DOD, to network libraries. The DOD system allows libraries to create their own talking book cartridges on-site from NLS-produced digital files, making it easy to fill patron requests quickly and reducing costs associated with maintaining large physical collections. DOD also allows libraries to distribute multiple books on a single cartridge, a big benefit to patrons. 
new technology and initiatives. NLS began field testing a smart speaker app that allows users via voice commands to connect with BARD, search the collection, and stream books. There were major updates to the BARD mobile apps for iOS and Android devices. We expanded our partnership with the Department of Veterans Affairs to rapidly sign up veterans to qualify for the program. And we began to pilot Braille on Demand, in which patrons can choose each month to have one of the 16,000-plus electronic Braille books on BARD embossed in hard copy Braille to keep indefinitely for their personal use. I'm proud of all that the 120 staff members at NLS, in partnership with hundreds more at our network libraries around the country, achieved in FY22 to fill our long-standing mission that all may read. I look forward to reporting back to you on another successful year at the end of 2023. Page 3, ACB Special Interest Affiliate Spotlight. The Library Users of America publishes the Lua Ledger twice a year. The Winter 2023 issue contains a number of interesting articles that we think you will enjoy. We're going to bring you a sampling of the articles and also more information about the activities of Lua and encourage you to become a member of this vital organization that is interested in the reading opportunities for blind and visually impaired people. The president of Lua is Judy Wilkinson. The editor of the ledger is Deborah Armstrong, both from California. The ledger is produced in Braille, large print, digital cartridge, and email by the Perkins Braille and Talking Book Library in Watertown, Massachusetts. Articles included in the Winter 2023 Ledger include Editor's Page, When to Hold Them and When to Fold Them, Learning Ally, It's Not Just for Little Kids, The Series Sleuth is on the Job, The Wacky World of Flexible Records, Cookbooks are My Muse, Become a Reading Buddy, the new search option on the BARD mobile for iOS. NLS honors Kim Charlson. Updates from NLS. Collection building policy. Library Users of America officers and board members. The first article that we are going to bring you is The Wacky World of Flexible Records. This is reprinted from the blog of the American Printing House for the Blind. If you're old enough to remember begging your mom to buy breakfast cereal so that you could get the phonograph record printed on the back of the box, then you're old enough to remember the wacky world of flexible records. I remember cutting a Bobby Sherman 45 off the box of Sugar Crisps and thinking how cool it was. The song was in Seattle. For a time during their heyday in the 1960s and 70s, flexible records were seemingly everywhere and yet nowhere. 
and by that I mean, for most people, they remained a novelty. The Beatles put out a Christmas record every year for their fan clubs. McDonald's issued a record with their latest jingle recorded. One version would win a big prize. They were basically tricking you into listening to their advertising. Computer magazines even tucked audio into their issues in the form of something called audio software. I had no idea how that worked. And in the middle of all this craziness, the American Printing House for the Blind got into the business too. The company had started recording and pressing rigid vinyl audio books in the 1930s. The process was complicated and expensive. For publications that consumers typically read once and discarded, like magazines, it was not very efficient. Flexible records offered a great alternative, easy to mail, cheap to manufacture. The manufacturing line was installed in 1972 and was quickly adapted to make issues of popular talking book magazines like Newsweek, Reader's Digest, Ebony, and Sports Illustrated. We took on contract jobs for corporations like Sears and Roebuck to produce their annual reports to Flexible Records. Flexible records were played on a phonograph. They weren't meant to last very long, but we still have dozens and dozens in our museum collection, which play just fine, but the sound quality isn't the best. Hey, you get what you pay for. I'm told that sometimes you had to put a quarter or a steel washer on them to get them to play right. Evatone was the big national company that specialized in the format, and we have a few talking book titles. Anyone remember Stephen King's Firestarter? Produced for the Library of Congress by Evatone. At APH, however, it was only used for magazines and the like. At the same time, APH was introducing flexible records. However, we were also experimenting with audio cassettes, and gradually cassettes increased in popularity and all phonograph records went into decline. APH produced its last rigid vinyl record in 1987 and discontinued flexible records in the 1990s. Evatone went bankrupt in 2000 and the day of flexible records was over. Do you have a flexible record memory? The next article is Cookbooks Are My Muse, and this is by Brian Charlson. As I write this, I am sitting in my easy chair in my home office slash man cave. There you will find my computer desk, filing cabinets, and bookcases. On the walls you will find baseball memorabilia, ukuleles, and rock and roll posters. Next to me are the first volumes of two Braille books. On the bookshelves are the 30 volumes of The Joy of Cooking, BR17462, 
and on my NLS Zumex Braille book reader, I can access over 200 web Braille cookbooks, just for reference. I guess you can tell I love cookbooks. The complete cookbook for young scientists, BR23975, in four volumes, has my current attention. You see, I do not just read cookbooks for the recipes, while they can provide me with ideas for what to cook for dinner. It is really the text between the recipes that I love. In this book, I learned why some cheeses melt well and while others do not. I also learned how the Maillard reaction when proteins, breads, and veggies brown add flavor to our food. In the other cookbook I am currently reading, Cook for Your Gut Health, Quiet Your Gut, Boost Fiber, and Reduce Inflammation, BR23914, in five volumes. I am learning how to cook and eat better. Who knows, I might even give kale a try. You see, for me, cooking and books about cooking keep me engaged in lifelong learning. Cookbooks are not only informative, but they also invoke memories and give me a glimpse into how others think and create beautiful food. When I read about German cooking, I am when I read about German cooking, I am reminded of my great grandmother who taught me how to make dumplings and to love sauerkraut. When I read about the local movement where you try to cook and eat locally grown food, a smile came to my face because my father was a produce man and taught me how to tell a good melon from a bad one and how to cut up a pineapple. Cooking and cookbooks bring back fond memories. I know many of you reading this do not read Braille and therefore you listen to books. I too listen to books including cookbooks. I must say that I prefer Braille cookbooks, but some titles are not available in that format. I will listen to food-related books, such as The Flavor Equation, DB101664, and The Best American Food Writing 2020, DB101819. But I just do not get much out of a cookbook that lists ingredients, their amounts, temperatures, and times. I do not care much for biographies of any kind, but I really dislike those about television chefs. While I may be impressed by what and how they cook, I have no interest in how they grew up or how successful their restaurant chain has become. You may want to read Eat a Peach, a memoir, DB100830, or The Man Who Ate Too Much, The Life of James Beard, DB101173, if you disagree with me. As I read the cookbooks I own and those I have borrowed, I frequently think about writing one of my own. 
What would it contain? How much of it would be composed of recipes, and how much about the technique? What theme should it have? Baking bread, cooking soups, or all of the above, but with a blindness twist? If I do write such a book, I will be sure to let you, my kind readers and fellow book lovers, know where to get it and a bit about what cookbooks influenced its content and style. For now, I encourage all of you to pick up a cookbook and read it like I do, with an eye not only to the recipes, but to the artistry of the prose and the effort made to both organize the content and to leave the reader wanting more. The time has come for me to put down my latest cookbook and put on my apron and start cooking dinner. Bon appétit. And here's a letter of invitation from the Library Users of America. LUA is a special interest affiliate of the American Council of the Blind. Read on to learn about LUA activities and how you can be part of our growing organization. LUA at ACB. LUA events at the 2023 American Council of the Blind Conference and Convention will include informative programs and discussions related to books and library services. Meet a talking book narrator up close and personal. Learn about the latest book-related technology. Discuss areas of concern with NLS decision makers. Library Without Walls LUA brings its programs within the reach of every person across the United States. Our Library Without Walls conference calls on the Zoom platform are an opportunity to share good books on a designated topic. Calls are scheduled on the third Wednesday of every other month and are open to all. A complete list of books shared at each Library Without Walls event is compiled and posted on our LUA-members email list shortly after the call. LUA Link LUA Link calls are presented at least twice a year. Speakers share important information about library issues and answer questions from participants. For example, the first LUA Link call of 2022 featured Jason Broughton, Director of the National Library Service for the Blind and Print Disabled. LUA Ledger the Lua Ledger, our excellent magazine, is published at least twice a year and is available to members in Braille, large print, and on NLS audio cartridge. Digital formats are posted on our Lua members' email list. Lua Lists Lua sponsors two email lists. Library Talk is open to members and non-members alike and includes announcements of Lua events and related topics. Anyone may subscribe by sending a blank message to library-talk plus subscribe at acblists.org. Again, that's library-talk, T-A-L-K, followed by the plus sign, the word subscribe, at acblists, A-C-B-L-I-S-T-S, Org. Lua Members is a low-traffic list where our members receive digital formats of the Lua Ledger and book lists from Library Without Walls. 
Other library and book-related announcements are permitted. Lua Membership Membership in Lua is open to everyone and is only $12 for one year or $150 for a life membership. Join now and help us continue our good work on behalf of all who like to read. Pay by credit card by calling 502-897-1472 or make check payable to Library Users of America and mail to 148 Vernon Avenue, Louisville, Kentucky, 40206. Be sure to include your name, address, phone number, and email when paying by check. Lua has chapters in California, Kentucky, and Texas. If you live in or have ties to one of these states, we strongly urge you to join Lua through your chapter. Contact California by calling 909-675-7415, Kentucky at 502-897-1472, or Texas at 281-438-9665. For membership questions, call us at 502-897-1472 or email us at carla40206 C-A-R-L-A 40206 at gmail.com Thank you in advance for being part of the Library Users of America. This was from Judy Wilkinson, President, and Adam Rushevel, Treasurer. Additional note, if you would like to become a member of LUA through the Kentucky chapter, call us at 502-897-1472 and remember that you must also become a member of the Kentucky Council of the Blind. Our other affiliate spotlight is on the Braille Revival League. They publish a magazine called the BRL Memorandum, and we're going to bring you a couple of sample articles from the spring 2023 issue. BRL is an affiliate of the American Council of the Blind. The president is Denise Colley, Richmond, Texas, and the editor of the magazine is Ralph Smitherman, from Brandon, Mississippi. It is produced by Elizabeth Bowden in Florida and formatted by May Davis. The contents of this memorandum includes President's Message, Just Who is the Braille Revival League, by Denise Colley. Important Notice, by Ralph Smitherman. Treasured Early Braille Memories, by Debbie Hazelton. Crosswordables, Number three by Ralph Smitherman. Let's take on the Braille Challenge by Frank Welty. The Braille System in Brazil. Current Situation. Part one. By Luis Carlos Pastelli Smock. S M A C C P H. My first encounter with electronic Braille by Diane Scalzi. Six Dots Can Make a Life by Karen Thomas. Braille in the Closet by Jane Corona. Out and About Sharing Braille by Patty Slobby. Significance of Dot Alignment and Dot Spacing in Braille by Professor Vileen Shaw. My Trip to Japan by Larry Johnson. Beautiful Braille by Beth Terranova. All About Windows 
and the NLS e-reader by Deborah Armstrong. Survival Braille by Kate Chamberlain. Just So You Know by Ralph Smitherman. Making the Grade, A History of Contracted English Braille, Part 3 by David Mandel. Have Braille Questions? Braille Together Can Help by Karen Thomas with Dorlan Catron. News and Notes by Ralph Smitherman. Crosswordables 3, Answers by Ralph Smitherman. Cooking Corner, German Cucumber Salad, submitted by Ralph Smitherman. And BRL Officers and Board Members. The first sample article from the memorandum is Survival Braille by Kate Chamberlain. Although I couldn't see my friend standing in front of me, I knew her feet were apart and her fists were on her hips, because I sure could hear her spout, Why didn't you call me last night when you knew you'd gone blind? I was a forty-year-old woman, yet I whimpered, Give me a break. I've never been blind before, and I've never talked with a blind person. I don't know what to do. She grabbed my wrist and dragged me over to my phone. She put my pinky and thumb fingers into the rotary dial and taught me how to quickly dial her number. Then we sat down and began to use her slate and stylus to braille a deck of cards. That was my introduction to learning braille. Eventually, I knew the alphabet and began to mark things in my home. I learned enough Braille to survive. I marked paper file folders upside down on the inside of the tab so that when I put my finger onto the tab, it reads right side up. Labeling tape cassettes in the early days and now CDs made it possible to listen to my favorite musicals. Computer jump sticks didn't always have a flat surface on them to put braille labels or high marks, so I added boondoggle with a tag. Four years after going blind, I learned how to use a computer with the NVDA screen reader. My typing skills from high school came back quickly, and the use of braille faded into my survival mode. Then I realized I was losing my hearing and the audio screen reader wasn't going to be of much help. My thoughts turned to learning literary braille, so I'd be able to continue to use the computer if I could read a refreshable braille device. I'd heard about the Braille Revival League from the American Council of the Blind community Zoom rooms. My braille definitely needed reviving. I shadowed several meetings before I contacted Audrey Shading, S-C-H-A-D-I-N-G, the president of the BRL of New York in the spring of 2022. She was receptive to my becoming a member and, after hearing why I wanted to join, offered to set me up with two braille buddies. The chart of braille contractions I had from three decades ago was out of date. I needed a unified English Braille code chart to refer to as I read the one volume of grade 2 Braille in the Book of Poetry from the Library of Congress. 
when my Braille buddies, Mary Beth and Rachel, downloaded the same poetry book. They were horrified at the incomprehensible poems they found. No wonder I couldn't figure out what I was reading. By the time I got to the end of the line, I couldn't remember what was at the beginning of the line. We needed a new plan. I read the article, Guidelines for Effective Braille Reading, by Grace Mentor in the BRL Memorandum 2022 Spring-Summer Issue. I was laughing and crying by the end of the article. I knew I had a lot of unlearn and relearn to do it right. We thought of turning to children's stories. As an elementary teacher, I had several children's print braille stories, including my own published children's books. I thought the UEB reference chart would be helpful, even though the children's books were in the old code. I also thought of using McGuffey's Eclectic Reader, if I could find it in Braille. It is a very old and venerable source to teach reading. My Braille buddies put me onto the McDuffie Reader Braille Primer for Adults by Sharon L. Monty, copyright 2016 and 1989, available in hard copy Braille from the National Federation of the Blind, NFB, Independence Market, for $20. In the back of the book, there are useful charts. I was inspired by the Braille Birthday Card Exchange, sponsored by the Community Outreach Committee, to Braille two birthday cards to my twin grandchildren in California but not bold enough to join the exchange with real Braille users. Well, not yet, anyway. I'm a far cry from fluently reading literary Braille and requesting a refreshable Braille device, but I'm getting there dot by dot, cell by cell, thanks to Mary Beth, Rachel, and the Braille Revival League of New York. This article is by Debbie Hazelton, of Dothan, Alabama. It's entitled Treasured Early Braille Memories. The 2022 spring-summer issue of the Braille Memorandum brought many early memories to mind. During kindergarten, Miss Murin, M-U-R-I-N, who was to become my itinerant teacher, came to my house and introduced me to Braille. I remember sitting on the couch and her showing me how I would learn to read across the page. I went to school the next day and shared with excitement this new discovery. In first grade, my first book was On Cherry Street. It was paper bound, no spirals, just a soft cover. I was so proud, sitting in my bed one early morning, reading out loud with a whisper, Look, look, see spot run. Ted and Sally. In second grade, I had my own copy of my weekly reader. I wasn't as interested in it, but was so glad to have it, along with what other kids had in print. And then there was the day I had my first hardbound book. I remember prancing around the classroom, showing it off. I don't remember the name of it, but I sure did love the feeling of that hard copy. 
Oh, and that smell of new books. I still love so much about the way books feel and smell, print and braille, books of all kinds. Meanwhile, Miss Murin brailed a bunch of my books, putting them together with three metal rings. I used to hear her brailing on the Perkins while I was sitting there doing my work. There were other braille books with raised characters made with felt and glued on the cover, such as The Gingerbread Man. These books were put together with string. Today, I wish I'd kept those sweet little books. I don't know if they were made by her or purchased, but they were adorable. I remember sitting outside reading The Three Little Pigs to my grandma and grandpa. They were so kind to listen. My mother ordered my Perkins sprayer for $100 when I was born and waited six years for it to arrive. She took a course in Braille herself, but did not stick with it. As I got older, I was glad for my privacy. She gave me her board slate and stylus and showed me how to write on it. I'm glad I was introduced to it early. For some years, I was not the proud, enthusiastic student I started out to be. I let things slide, moving in and out of my own world as I grappled to make sense of life. In adolescence one day, I was asked to read out loud. I was nervous, halting, not reading very well. One day, years later, I heard someone rapidly read Braille out loud and was so impressed that I studied and worked to increase my reading speed so I, too, could perform that task. Today, I read many books, articles, and I especially enjoy reading to people fast, just like I experienced years ago. I read the first Harry Potter book to a friend. I read to my mother before she died, to others to help them heal or fall asleep. Heck, I've read to kids and my cats and dogs. Today, I have found thousands of digital Braille books, downloading from NLS, Bard, and Bookshare, reading NFB Newsline on my e-reader, enjoying Kindle and Apple Books as well. Braille is awesome. I'm so grateful that I have it. People complain about UEB. I can read it. I confess I haven't learned to write it, though I respect it and why it is there. I always carry a slate and stylus in my purse and have plenty of things to read wherever I go. So many thanks to Miss Murin, who forged ahead, giving me a good foundation in Braille, and to many who have continued to keep Braille alive thriving and growing. So let's keep Braille awareness out there and here's to reading more and faster. For more information about the Braille Revival League and to get information on how to become a part of the organization, contact Jane Corona, C-A-R-O-N-A, Treasurer at 301-598- 2131 or on her cell phone at 303-922-2994.
Jane's email is treasurer, T-R-E-A-S-U-R-E-R, at Braille Revival League, B-R-A-I-L-L-E-R-E-V-I-V-A-L-L-E-A-G-U-E dot O-R-G. If you have questions about the Kentucky Council of the Blind, or you need information on resources for people with vision loss, call us at 502-895-4598 or email us at kcb at kentucky-acb.org. Sound Prince is a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind and is heard each week on ACB Radio Mainstream at acbradio.org, Central Kentucky Radio I at radioi.org, and the KCB website at www.kentucky-acb.org. Complete schedule information is also available on the website. Sound Prince is underwritten by the Louisville Downtown Lions Club, and by the American Printing House for the Blind. This is Carla Rushable for Soundprints. Have a great week, everybody.